Welcome to episode 10 of the Ideas Into Action podcast. I'm your host, Hamza Khan, and our producer is Kwaku Ajimang, a.k.a. Kwaku On Air, a.k.a. Young Swiss Army Knife. The sheer amount of technical skills in this guy's arsenal is ridiculous. Photography, videography, animation, audio engineering, social media marketing, the list goes on and on and on. He's a one-man agency, much like our special guest today, Lauren Marini. And I think I might be saying that wrong. Could be Marini. Marini, there was some debate about it, is a wildly talented social media, public relations, and marketing professional. As a writer, she's got bylines in Shopify, Talent Egg, Student Life Network, Metro News, Narcity, and much more. And as a social media manager for Hudson's Bay Company, she leads all social media marketing for Topshop and Topman Canada. Lauren previously worked at Diply as well as Futurepreneur, and recently she became the co-host and marketing manager of Somebody Date Us, an Apple Top 20 comedy podcast about everything and anything dating. In this conversation, we talked about creating podcasts, dating as a millennial, and building self-worth. We also talked about beating procrastination, preparing for high-energy moments, and context switching. It was such a fun, insightful, and at times hilarious conversation, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. Friends, give it up for Lauren Marini. Lauren Marinig, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. keeping with the tradition of the podcast, we start by giving our illustrious guests a gift, and I got a gift custom-made for you. This is Liberté, Égalité, Beyoncé. This is wow. a fun book about our queen, the one true queen. Oh, Beyoncé. Yes. Love it. And it's all illustrated. I mean, some of the best quotes and facts and tidbits about this goddess. This is awesome. I have a small request, though. Could you turn to page 33? I bookmarked oh. a few pages oh. for us to have discussions about. Okay. Okay. So page 33, and if you wouldn't mind doing a favor for the listeners and just reading what it says on page 33, that would be great. Okay. Certified four times platinum with over 10.6 million sales, 2008 single ladies reigns supreme as Queen Bay's anthem of all anthems. Now put your hands up. Boom. I can't believe that was 2008. I know, right? 10 years ago. 10 years ago. (laughs) And would it be safe to say that that's still the single ladies anthem? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not going to go away. It's going to be really hard to usurp that position of being the seminal song about Yes. Being single. And this dance? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Classic. Totally. Iconic. And Iconic. there's three of us in my podcast. Like, yes. We need to recreate this music video, I think. And all three of you <laughs> have created a podcast around the theme of being single ladies and trying to date and find someone bearable to date is the words you use. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. In quotations. <laughs> what was the what was the the inception point for the podcast? Where did this uh where did this idea start? Well, it started, I can remember the exact moment is when I was on a plane coming back from San Francisco, and I just had a guy ghost me. Oh, no. And I just had been talking a lot with my girlfriends on this trip. I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts, and they were going through similar things with different guys. I was like, I feel like we need to have some sort of outlet for this. Yeah. We all have these stories, and all of my friends are from different friend groups, so they're not necessarily friends with each other. And I feel like when you're single, in your late 20s, all your friends are married, engaged, in serious relationships, you feel like you're the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. But you're not. You just might not be the only one in your group. And so we wanted to like create something that was just brought everyone together yeah. and would have something to listen to and make people feel like less alone in the whole dating in the 21st century Start off thing. as a sisterhood with just the three of you. Yeah. And then it became this large, sprawling community of listeners, and you hit the top 20 comedy charts on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Which is incredible. No, I think we like cried. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we have a video of us. We didn't purposely video us doing this. We just had our cameras rolling for something we were doing. And 
um, when we were looking at the charts and we were like, oh my God, we beat all these podcasts that we've listened to for years and that we look up to and also that are real comedians. Yeah. Like, we aren't comedians. I, don't I think, I think y'all are hilarious. I'm five <laughs> episodes in right now and I have had some solid belly laughs. Like I've been on the treadmill, I've gotten off to actually laugh and wipe tears out of my eyes. Y- y'all are very That's hilarious. Good. We're doing our job then. <laughs> Do you have total strangers coming out of the blue and listening to this podcast? Oh, yeah. Like, we get, I mean, obviously, we only expected our friends and family yeah. to listen to the podcast. Friends, family, fools, right? The yeah. The first three customers you always get. And even our family, we were hesitant because we're like, do we really want our family <laughs> to listen to this stuff? But um, we'll take any listeners we could get. But then when we started actually getting people reach out to us that we realized weren't our friends, and the three of us weren't really that close before we started the ah. podcast. So we all have different friend groups. So I don't really know who Carlina Sal's friends are, all of them. And so we would like look to see if we were someone, one of us was following the people following us back and be like, this is a real fan, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not just listening because they're obligated to. <laughs> What's the nicest thing a fan has ever said to y'all? Because right before this, you were talking about how sometimes you get fan mail, yeah, which is we, something that hasn't happened for ideas into action. I mean, that's that's not true. We don't get fan mail. We get fan DMs. Uh, well, yeah, that's kind of what, I mean, we haven't gotten like a, a snail mail letter. But have you gotten email though? Uh, more... Like DMs, Facebook yeah, okay. messages. That counts, right? That's fan mail. Yeah, right? I think okay. that's like... 2019 fan mail. Yeah, 2019's <laughs> fan mail. But we, I mean, we've gotten a few people that have written us like lengthy responses just wow. being like, I, this is so relatable. A lot of people that live in Toronto and mm-hmm. I think that there was this gap of dating podcasts that were Canadian-based. And I mean, we're very Toronto-centric. We have people that listen in other parts of Canada, obviously, and in the U.S., but... Um, there's a lot of dating apps out there that are based in New York, based in LA, right. and there's not very many that talk about the dating scene here. And even though it's similar in every city and everywhere you go, um, I think people get really excited when they know that it's like three normal Toronto girls. Yeah. They're not paid comedians. We have regular jobs. And there, like... there are some nuances and some some spe- specificities when it comes to dating in Toronto, I imagine. There's mm-hmm. Some things that are very unique to Toronto. What would you say those are? Like some of the things that come to mind right away. What is unique about dating in our city in the six? Um, I mean, for starters, I think the fact that we just have so many people here. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a and mega city. So you can swipe for days on dating <laughs> yeah. apps and you have endless supply of people, mm-hmm. um, which is a good thing and a bad thing because it's like the second something goes wrong when you're starting to date someone, it's like, oh, let me just go back to the app and start swiping where in a smaller town, it's like, okay, maybe I'll actually work through my problems because there's only like 10 other people. You're going to bump into them the same day, right? exactly. (laughs) At the grocery store for sure. So, I mean, it's like a good thing and it's a bad thing. And I mean, there's just like funny things and we've talked about in our podcast that we people probably don't think about in smaller towns or cities is like things like, I don't want to date someone who lives like, outside of Toronto mm-hmm. like I don't Etobicoke Scarborough Brampton all those places are too far when you don't have a car yeah. like I'm not going to spend an hour and a half on the TTC yeah. to come visit you not do that. <laughs> so, it's kind of like that Lion King meme you see that line over there we never yeah. go beyond that line yeah. bluer and like, young essentially right and yeah. it sounds so bad because it's like I think one of their episodes Carly says something about like she's like I'm not going beyond like North of Bloor. She's like, it's just too far too for far, me. Yeah. Like, and I was like, this is, I mean, a sad world. <laughs> we these, are, these are new rules for a Real new world, struggles. right? Yeah. Can you uh, turn to page 93? Oh. Don't mind. I have a related segue for you. I like this. And I if like you don't this. mind okay. uh, reading what it says on page 93, and this is a quote, I believe, from Jay-Z. Oh, Jay-Z. All right. In 2001, we were just beginning to try to date each other. Well, you know, you've got to try first. You've got to got to dazzle 
wine and dine. She's a charming southern girl, you know. She's not easily impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it must be hard to impress Beyonce. But isn't it kind of weird to think about the fact that Beyonce and Jay-Z had to date before they got together? I know, right? celebrities dating and like mega celebrities and dating. And what would their dates be like? <laughs> yeah, I think it would be really ordinary, really normal. It would They would have to go through some of the same things that we would have to go through, except they went through it in 2001. Yeah. Now, God forbid, or depending on who you're asking, if Beyonce re-enters the dating pool and they break up, yeah. what advice would you give her? If you had to take Beyonce aside and be like, hey, Beyonce, the world is very different. 18 years have elapsed. What has happened in the last 18 years that Beyonce needs to know about in 2019 as far as dating is concerned? I mean, I don't know if I'd be in the position to give Beyonce advice. I, I think feel so. Like she You'd be could very just, well like, qualified. walk into a room and men would just like come at her. <laughs> but maybe that's not what she wants, though. Maybe, maybe she might be sick and tired of that, especially given the fallout with Jay-Z, right? Yeah, but I think, I know, like, honestly, I think dating now, and I've had some friends that have had serious relationships and that were, like, 10 years long, and now they're at that point where they're trying to figure out what what is this world How do you get back in into it? Yeah, right? and I think... I think one of the biggest things is you just have to accept that it's changed. And mm-hmm. I remember reading like an article once and it was saying that we just have to accept the fact that dating and love and relationships isn't what it used to be. No. So if you have that expectation, then you're going to be disappointed constantly. And you don't want to settle, but you're not going to like have this like crazy over the top movie rom-com totally situation the moment of serendipitous meeting the sort of like it happened last night kind of train missing encounter and yeah waiting for the love letter to arrive in the mail like now we have texting where you're talking to people constantly (laughs) do you think that people mask their uh how we got together stories do you think people embellish a little bit now in 2019 so if you ask a couple how'd you guys meet do you think they kind of uh, ham it up a little bit because how they actually met was kind of boring when you articulate it as we just swiped right You know what? There's so many people that have in their dating profiles. Like, we can tell our parents we met on, like, at the movies. Sure. You know, somewhere, like, normal. And, I mean, I would totally own it if I met someone on a dating app. Why not? I'd probably have, like, a Tinder-themed wedding. (laughs) Absolutely. I think At that point, why not? Why why not? One of my best friends, Adil, just, he's very open about it with his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. fiance now. They swipe right. Yeah. And they match that way. And they've had, if you meet them in person, they seem like they've known each other their entire lives. They've got Mm -hmm. such a great chemistry. But their origin story is just kind of like, oh, that's, that's yeah. how it happened. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, you, see, you you swipe right, but then you still go through the motions of how you would get to know someone the same way as you would in real, if someone just asked me out walking down the street, right? Like you still have a first date. Exactly. What was the first date? And what were the things that you remember about that person on the first date, you know? So, so you still have a story. <laughs> I, there's still a story. And actually, yeah. now that I think about it, like the chance encounter is very rare. I don't think even I've had a chance encounter in my life. There's always been some sort of broker. There's been yeah. a person that said, hey, you should check this person out. Or there's been a friend of a friend. Or there's been some some intermediary that's connected us together. Yeah. It's rarely been the movie, movie style encounter that you've seen. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't know anyone that's happened to no. either. So. Would, you, would you tell Beyonce, like, you have to be online? <laughs> um, so apparently there's an app. I forget what it's called. Um, but it's for celebrities. And you have to be approved to be on it. God, we're such peasants. Um, what the hell? Because, we have like, to use the commoner Because Beyonce apps. can't be on Bumble with, like, all Why not? Like, the rest of us. I she mean, can go on I a league or something. Great. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, apparently there's, like, a specialty dating app. You have to be approved. And it's only for celebrities. Uh-huh. 
I mean, the things I would do to have a profile. Oh, my God. Can you imagine just <laughs> swiping your scene like Beyonce, yeah. Rihanna? And, and what like... would your opening line be? <laughs> oh, yeah. I loved you uh, at the last, you know, when and I saw you at that cocktail party or whatever. Do yeah. you have an assistant managing it? Or do you have, t- <laughs> if you're Beyonce, do you have time to manage no, your day? I think profile? it's definitely an assistant managing it. And just they have a filter <laughs> and they're like, okay, we'll schedule an appointment for you to meet up at so-and-so <laughs> the Beverly Hotel, you know. Like that would be the dream. That's so interesting. <laughs> what a what a new world we live in. Last page I'd like you to turn to, Lauren, okay. is page seventy two. And thank you for being a good sport about this. Yeah, no. It's like story like, time. I, that's what it feels like. Page seventy two has a too. really interesting quote. Mm-hmm. I, I love the illustrations in there. So colorful. I know. My goodness. Okay. I don't like to gamble, but if there's one thing I'm willing to bet on, it's myself. Boom. I like it. I, I picked that one specifically because when we met, it was, I think early 2018 and we had just communicated online and we were working together at student life network you were contributing there i just came in at the time and um you were also working full-time at a company called diply which then restructured Mm -hmm. and unfortunately what happened in the restructuring is many people including yourself were let go and i remember you reached out to chris and myself and said hey i'm back on the job market i'm looking for a job and right away i tapped into my network and i said I think I've got a couple of great positions for you. And most of them were, unfortunately, at the time, freelance, contract, mm-hmm. and precarious, for lack of a better word. And you said, these are good. Thank you for this, Hamza. But I think I'm going to bide my time. I think this isn't what I want right now. I'm going to wait and see because I know the right opportunities out there for me. And I really appreciated your confidence in yourself and your belief in your value. And look at how it paid off because now here you are some time later having a probably what is it would be safe to say the best career moment of your life yeah definitely like um I think that for me even though I seemed really confident in it like I there's a lot of highs and lows of losing my job like I'm six months in right yeah and I I mean I have been a person that has been employed since the day I graduated school Mm -hmm. I like literally walked across the street from my graduation and signed my first contract wow and so and not a lot of people have that. A lot of people have that like gap year where they're figuring out what they want mm-hmm. and where they want to go. Like I just went right into the job market. So I'd never been without a job. Yeah. It's always been a constant in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like a very weird moment where you kind of feel like you're lost your identity a yeah, bit. Yeah. The bottom basically fell out. Yeah. Like... Yeah. And you're like, my career was the one thing I had sorted out. Maybe I haven't figured out the whole dating world yet, sure. but my career I had had going for me. And um, I just remember, like, obviously I had a bunch of people reach out. I had a lot of people bring forward opportunities, but I just knew that I didn't want to jump at the first thing that came my way, and I wanted it to be the right role. Right. Um, Because I was, like, six years into my career. Like, I wasn't – I had a few offers that I'm, like – I love it because – and this is so interesting. Your website's one of my favorite websites. Um, I don't remember the exact URL. Is it laurenmarinick.com or Lauren? LaurenMarinickPR.com. LaurenMarinick.com. I actually gave that URL to an agency that I'm working with to rebuild my website. I said, (laughs) look at this. Look at the presentation of skills. Find the visual confidence to do the same thing for me. Because I think what you've done very well on your website is you've articulated what you're good at, why you matter, and why people should pay you everything you're worth and more. How did you cultivate that sense of self-worth? And I ask because, I mean, a theme in this podcast has been a lack of confidence, people having to artificially create confidence. But I feel like you've got it in in droves. Well, I mean, I believe in the whole mantra, fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's not reassuring at all. <laughs> Jeez. But, but honestly, like I made that website as like part of a school project. I was doing continuing ed classes in like one of my first year of my career. 
um, at U of T and it was part of a project and actually I did got a really bad grade on it which I find very ironic because it does well and it's gotten me jobs and it's had a lot of people reach out I've had a lot of people reach out to me about my website or work I do and whatnot Um, but I think like for me I just really focused on the things that I love to do and looked at all of the things I've done in each job I've had, whether mm-hmm. it be a long-term job, a freelance job or whatever, and looked at it as an accomplishment. Like I think a lot of people downplay their experience. Big time. Um, and even when I look back at my very first job I had, like even though I've come miles since then, yeah. like I was doing a lot of stuff that most people wouldn't be doing in their first year of the career. Totally. So finding ways to present that and articulate it to make – yourself sound as impressive as you are and like like you said you often talk down upon it and you're like oh you know I worked here but I was only a coordinator or an intern yeah. or but I was do I had all this responsibility exactly um so I think that like really it's just kind of looking at it from an outsider's perspective versus just always just being hard on yourself I think you you've got a remarkable online presence like it it to me is the gold standard as far as like having a uh, 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 congruency between your social media profiles and your website it tells a very complete story so we have a mutual friend Stephen Sills and he usually guest lectures my classes here at Ryerson Mm -hmm. and his his line is if you're not telling your story online someone else is and they're doing a shitty job at it which I couldn't agree with more as a prospective employer if I were to see your resume if I were to see your online profile there'd be no question about how you could immediately add value into a company like you've done such a great job of not only illustrating the chronological path that you've taken to get to where you are but you do one thing that I don't see anybody else do. You list all the projects you've ever worked on and you list it in a way that's not a boring chronological list. Mm-hmm. It's like you've got these wicked tiles. You can hover over them, get a small description. Like you've, That to me is the synthesis of all your multiple skills that you have. You're a marketer, PR professional, social media. I mean, what's even the word to say that right now? Social media professional, social media community <laughs> manager, yeah, strategist, so yeah. right? You're a one-person agency. And yeah, and I think like the thing is is that like I, I didn't really set out to be like, I need to build a personal brand. Like I was super young when my website started very early in my career. And I just happened to be like, oh, I'm going to make my like my Twitter account also look all professional with the same colors. And like, I, I'm just OCD. Yeah. Like That's really how it started. And then um, since I'm always been so passionate about the industry I work in I was just having conversations with people and growing my network and I mean when it came the time that I was laid off like the amount of people that reached out to me that I'm like I don't even know why we're connected like I don't remember (laughs) when that moment was that we met or why we're connected on LinkedIn um but it just goes to show it it pays off and like sometimes a lot of people have a career that they've maybe been in for multiple years that they feel like they can neglect that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm always keeping it up to date. Like, Because you never know. Yeah, you never know. And you never know when the right opportunity is going to come. And you never know when someone's going to come knocking at your door because they stumble across your Twitter or your Instagram yeah. or podcast or whatever it is, right? This so. is a good reminder to me as well because I feel like I've let a couple of my accounts go, especially Twitter for some reason. I've just found that I've lost my confidence on Twitter. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what to say, how to say it anymore, but there's just also a lot to keep up with, like keeping up with Instagram and LinkedIn okay. and doing it myself. I used to have a team help me with this, but then I felt like I was losing touch of my own brand and so I've had to bring everything back together. What would be your advice to to me specifically about getting back into Twitter and doing it the way that you're doing it? Because I love your account. Whenever I see your your name or your profile appear on my feed, I'm like, I stop for a second longer than I normally would. And they say, let's see what Lauren has to say. You've done something intentionally. Yeah. And I think like my 
Twitter has evolved over the years. Like I definitely, I used to be one of those people that would set reminders of like Twitter chats and yeah. like all these like multiple <laughs> social Twitter media chats. today. <laughs> yeah, all week. And I, I don't remember the last time I had time to do that or do that at all. And like even I used to only tweet things that were about social media and mm-hmm. professional things, and now I tweet real things yeah. that are happening in my life, and my <laughs> dating podcast, and sometimes inappropriate things. And but I also feel. Like, I'm confident enough what I have to offer at this point in my career where it's like when you first starting out and it's like hide everything about your life on social media, right? Um, and so, like, I think really my biggest piece of advice is, like, be okay with it evolving. Like, maybe it's not that you're going to tweet 17 times a day about everything yeah. you're doing, but you're going to put out one great tweet when you're doing something you're passionate about and you want to talk about it. That's right? it, when it's true to yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. That's interesting because I'm always afraid that I'm going to lose followers if I'm true to myself and I just talk about the things that I'm interested in. So I'm just, uh, deep down, I'm just one big nerd. I mean, I just love talking <laughs> about movies. I love talking about video games and the business of sports and stuff. But I feel like my audience wants something else from me. My audience wants me to talk about productivity, leadership, marketing, mm-hmm. branding, and all of that. And I love talking about that, but I'm not sure if I, I'm the right person to speak about it online. Yeah. And hmm. I, think, I think people like like to see others per like that they're not a robot, yeah. <laughs> like a marketing robot. Uh, like I've have so many friends that I've met. Like I call them my Twitter friends. I've never met them in real yeah. life. Yeah, URL have friends. Communicated with them, and they're invested in my life. When I post a personal tweet, they'll be tweeting back. And I've ne- I've never met them. And I actually had we had one of them on our podcast a few episodes ago. And I'd never met her in real life, but we had been following each other forever on Twitter and talking back and forth about different things in our lives. And um, so when I met her, it was like I felt like I already knew knew who she was. Well, that's like, kind of how this is. Yeah, is yeah exactly. Too. Like, this is actually right? like, the first time we've actually sat across from each other face yeah, to face and had a conversation. But we've been messaging each other for an entire year yeah. and emailing every single day almost, right? Yeah, that's 2019 for you. <laughs> here we are. And so speaking about, uh, you know, things getting a little awkward here, we talked about right before we jumped on on the podcast and made it live, the Halo Skull segment where we yeah. activate a specific challenge for you that's been only designed for you. No one else is going to get the same exercise, but you have to give us your consent to start this. Um, yeah, I It's mean, only going to last scared. 10 minutes. I'm scared, but I'm excited. It's going to be funny. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be funny for sure. Like, I don't know what, what to prepare for here, but... Just to give you some context, the last one we did, uh, <laughs> the Jonathan Andrews episode was hilarious. So he, his thing was called the 5 a.m. hustle. Okay. And he talks about, uh, you know, the importance of routines and whatnot. And so his uh, Halo Skull challenge was we had to do some role playing where he was a patient and I was a doctor and I had to give him, I had to prescribe him the worst advice possible for waking up. And then we had to switch and he had to provide the, pr- prescribe the worst advice for going to sleep. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm in drama class again. It's going to be fun. <laughs> So, Lauren, you want to do this? Yeah. Okay, so your challenge is called Swipe Right, Swipe Left. Mm. What I have is two cards inside the skull. You get to choose which one you want. And if we're having fun, we can do both of them. But you choose one of them. One of them is dating rules, and the other is DMs. And depending on which one you choose, I'm going to list out from a couple of sources over here. So the dating rules come from a website called Bold. And the mix of DMs from Tinder come from a combination of vice and narcity. Some are great, some are atrocious. Okay. And basically, I'm going to read them off to you, and you just tell me, swipe right, swipe left. Okay. And you might have to justify your answers at some point. Okay. Ready to do this? Yeah. Okay. Your choice. DMs or rules? Dating rules. You want to do dating rules? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's go so. I mean, is there even rules <laughs> these days? <laughs> According to this uh, article from Bold, yes, there seems to be some rules. And I, I'm curious to know if you agree with them or not. So rule number one, don't ghost. Uh, 
Yeah, agree. Swipe right. Swipe right. Rule number two, actually be on time. Swipe right. If he sends uh, questionable pics, he's not dating material. I mean, define questionable. Uh, I pi- feel like that's a middle. <laughs> pics of an explicit nature. Okay, right away, definitely swipe left. Swipe left. You don't have to reply to initial messages if you're not interested. Swipe left. Why? Well, like, if they reach out and I'm not interested, like, explain that one. But if it's a nicety, if they reach out and say, hey, how's your day going? That's a terrible opening line. But but, <laughs> but I'm not interested, so like, yeah, say you're not interested. You I don't have to respond. I mean, I, for starters, am only use Bumble, where the girl mm. has to make the first message. You don't deal with that Twitter, no- I'm sorry, t- t- Tinder nonsense. Tinder, no, no. And Tinder's, so, a, Tinder's done now. It's, it's over. Yeah, it's very, very over. But, um, so it's, I guess, like, people definitely don't answer me, but I don't know if it's because of my opening line or if it's because they just not haven't been active in the 24 hours you have to answer someone. Interesting. But I feel like... I don't know. We matched because we both thought one another were attractive. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of be like somebody's saying something to you and you're staring them at the face and just walking away without responding. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But it makes sense on Bumble, right? So you'd say swipe left on any other platform. But if it's on Bumble, you'd swipe right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Rule number five, you need to have a photo on your online profiles. Swipe right. Swipe right. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Rule number six, expect to split the bill, but accept if the other party offers to pay for the whole thing. Swipe right, like. Hmm. Do you feel like that creates a weird power, di- weird power dynamic, though? If you split, or if you if you except if the other party offers to pay for the whole thing. I'm I'm down with splitting the bill, but. So. I don't know. Like I always offer to split the bill. I always think it's like best practice for a man to pick up the bill on a first date, and then after that you can split or. I'll pick up the bill the next date or whatever. Sure, keep tabs. But some people, I know people feel very strongly about one way or another, and it's like I don't, I don't ever know who I'm going to be on a date with. <laughs> Fair gonna, enough. You know, there's no wrong answer, so yeah. you'd you'd swipe right on this. Yeah. Okay. Rule number seven: <laughs> Getting wasted on the first couple of dates is still a major no-no. I mean, I've definitely gotten wasted on a date before, but we were both on first dates wasted. though. On first dates. Yeah, but not on purpose. It just happened that we were both for <laughs> drinks and we just kept drinking. Having a good time. Um, yeah, or a bad it was time. just like when we were both at the same level. But I mean, I never ended up dating any of those people. So if I was there to seriously get to know someone then, right. and they were drunk and I wasn't, or vice versa. Yeah, I feel just like feeling things out. That's a hard no. <laughs> Fair enough. So you'd swipe left on that. Yeah, yeah. How about this one? So this is one I would say it was was the most controversial when we were discussing this in advance. There's uh, split opinions across the room. Check your baggage, i.e., don't uh, don't bring up your exes. Don't talk about the things that are uh, that would be a downer. Um, I would swipe left to that. I think if you, I think hmm. there's two different ways you could talk about it. If you're talking about it that it seems like you aren't over your exes, then yeah. yeah, turn but, off, yeah. But if you're talking about it in a way that it's very obvious you're over it and you're just very open. Like, I went on a date last night with someone. It was the first date, and he had told me he'd been divorced. Like, just open with that. Cold open. Yeah. Oh, and, like, it just came up in conversation. He's like, I don't really tell people that on the first date, but it just came up. And I was like, honestly, like, he's like, we don't have to talk about it. And I was like, no, I 
it's part of your life, like, yeah. and it's obvious that you're over it, like. Um, so it's not baggage in that case. Like, no, if it's just no. A, a talking point. I th- right. Yeah, I think it's baggage when you're not clearly haven't accepted and moved on from it. Gotcha. Okay. And in that case, it's like I'd also want you to talk about it so I can know that about you right away. Right away. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who was, uh, I think, a year into the relationship, and then that same scenario played out a year into it. Yeah. So in that case, I'm like, what the hell? You had this baggage the entire time and yeah. you just kept it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'd rather know your baggage up front. Yes. Than find out. Check your baggage right away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine, if you're going on a first date, don't isolate yourself and your date, physically speaking. So have a date somewhere out in public. Let's try to keep it as uh, oh. as open and, and plain sight as possible. Yeah. Like don't like invite them over to your house. Yes, exactly. Um, swipe right. Swipe 100%. right on that. <laughs> Number 10, always try to leave the person in a better place than when you first met them. Oh, I kind of like that. Something like, about Very it. well put. Yeah. I would swipe right. Swipe right. I mean, but I've been definitely not left in a better place. Like, <laughs> majority of the dates I've gone on, but I do like the thought of that. <laughs> uh, same here. Number 11, don't talk about exes. I feel like that's kind of like the baggage. Hmm. Like, you could... I think if it naturally comes up in a conversation of whatever you're talking about, then cool. Then so, cool. Right? Whatever. If it's all you're talking about for the whole date, or you awkwardly, randomly bring it up, then swipe left. Swipe left. Yeah. <laughs> this one's interesting. Um, social media stock, but do so without actually being overt. So you match on Bumble, and then you go, and the reflexes find them on Instagram, yeah. find them on LinkedIn, Facebook. How do you feel about that? I mean, I do it. <laughs> so I feel like swipe right for sure. Yeah. Because all, also a lot of guys don't have the most fantastic photos of themselves. So sometimes I want to creep them more because I'm like, I can't tell from your three pictures whether or not I <laughs> what you look like. Um, but the, the other side of that is if they're creeping me, they're going to find out I have a dating podcast very yes. easily. <laughs> so. And that they might be alluded to on the podcast if things go south, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very interesting. They sign themselves up for when they date me, basically. <laughs> Number 13, put down the phone. Yes, 100%. Okay. Right. Number 14, don't be someone you aren't and don't go over the top when it comes to impressing the other person. Yes, swipe right. Hmm. So there's no element of like maybe I have to just project a little bit and show up in a way that. I think there's a way to do that and yeah. authentically. Like I remember one of the best compliments I ever got from a guy. Like we had gone on multiple dates and I asked him like, "What was your first impression of me?" And he was like, "That you were just yourself. Like you were honest. You were mm-hmm. upfront. You weren't hiding anything. Anything I asked you wasn't off the table. Like, and I felt like that was such a good compliment because that's how I would want to be." to any date I went on. But I understand that dating's awkward for people. And like, yeah. They feel like they have to put on this, like, front. Yeah, front, yeah. Um, But I would rather know who you are from day one. Exactly. Just be you yourself. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, if we don't like each other, then I like it. We're in agreement for almost all of this. This is, this is good. <laughs> La- last one here, Lauren. Don't go on a date looking for sex. Swipe right. Swipe right. I think yeah. that, that one's an obvious yeah. one, right? I mean, um, unless, of course, you're both looking for sex and that's it. Yeah, in which case, There's like, what would like be that. what would be the app for that? I mean, it's definitely not Hinge. It's definitely not Bumble. Definitely not Tinder. Maybe Tinder. Maybe Tinder's, Tinder's kind of devolved into more, that a little bit. Yeah, more a hookup app for sure. I feel like Plenty of Fish would be that. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I haven't been on Plenty of Fish for, like... Is it even around anymore? I think so. Yeah. I don't know what people are on it, but <laughs> um, Tinder for sure has gotten, like, the reputation of being more of the hookup app. Mm. Not to say that's all it is, but um, I think because 
guys can message girls first there, whereas uh, Bumble girls have to write the first message. Absolutely, so girls are likely not writing this like dirty message oh, to God. the guy. I'm sure there are girls that are, but the bulk of people aren't. Um, so I, I don't come across it very often. And I mean, you do you just. Unmatched. Just, just unmatched. Yeah. Right away. <laughs> Lauren, way to go! You did that. You yeah. rocked that. All fifteen. I like just this perfect. Challenge. You were so quick, so on the ball. Swipe left, swipe right. <laughs> so now, now what happens? And now you're eligible to win guest of the year. So oh, what happens is wow. that we put it up to the listeners and we say, "Who was your favorite guest?" And if you get enough votes, then oh you win. God. You win a custom WWE style belt that says wow. "Guest of the Year." And you hang on to it for the entire year. Oh my gosh! What an accomplishment! Way to go! If if you if you're down, do you want to do the the Tinder DMs while we're at it? Yeah. Because because I'm really intrigued. Yeah, let's just find out. What, yeah, and and there's there's fewer of them too. So let's 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 try this. Okay, so what do I have to do? I've swipe left. Or swipe left right? or swipe right. Okay. So, oh my God, some of these are horrible. <laughs> the first one here is, are you a bank loan? Because you have my interest. <laughs> I mean, I would swipe right because it's just like bad dad joke. Yeah, it's awful. I mean. <laughs> okay, if you were a triangle, you'd be an acute one. <laughs> right to it it's just it's really bad like i'd call them out for it yeah. as long as they weren't serious about their pickup line like, if i could like <laughs> laugh at it they won't be offended fair fair <laughs> uh what's a smart attractive man like myself doing without your phone number <laughs> <laughs> these are terrible. i can't i mix them up i don't actually know which one is which now <laughs> um yeah i'd probably swipe no because i'm not going to give them my phone number no so <laughs> that's a, a psychopath right there right? <laughs> Are you a good cuddler? I might let you join my gang. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I like the dad jokes better yeah. than those ones. It's getting a little creepy now, right? Yeah. Uh, number five, you have a lot of facial pics, which are nice, but too many girls try to hide what they look like. Can I see a full body pic? Swipe left. Yeah, this one definitely came from Vice. I mean, I like agree that you should have a mixture of photos on your profile, but... Interesting. But that just sounds like... Creepy. Yeah, like just, you're it, looking for something else. Yeah, so <laughs> weird. Number six, how long have you been on app? Whatever the app is. So how long have you been on Tinder? How long have you been on Bumble? How long have you been on Hinge? That's it? That's the yeah, app. the first question. I mean, I'd swipe right. It's like kind of you think you'd say something else before that. but Yeah, it just seems like such a like a like a simple question that yields like a yes or no, very easy, quick yeah. answer that doesn't have any follow-up yeah. potential to it. My life. My life. My whole, <laughs> <my> whole life. <laughs> Here's one. Seven. Hey there, Tinderella. <laughs> who wrote? Who wrote these? These are awful. My goodness. Um, I probably know. So no. I left. <laughs> Number eight. Did you know that you're the hottest Lauren on Tinder? Um, probably not. Swipe left. I don't like ones that where I feel like they're indirectly hitting on me, or like that. I mean, that one's pretty direct, but like. Yeah. The body shot one. Like I'm okay with the dad joke pickup lines. Yeah, but it keeps when some I distance, feel, right? Yeah, where's the conversation going to go after this? I, yeah. In my head, it's not going in the direction I would want it to go. Makes sense, yeah. Number nine, drinks this week? Yeah and no, because I don't, I'm not going to get drinks with you until I've talked to you for a little bit. Yeah, so, I've got to feel this out. Yeah, and some people are very persistent with like, let's meet up now. It's like, no. no. Calm down. You need to pass <laughs> you qualifiers first. <laughs> Seriously. Um, how's your day going? I yeah. feel like that's the most common one. Oh, yeah. That's totally what I use. I'm not creative at all. You just like, like how's hey, your day how going? are you? <laughs> 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 I 
time to craft these like crazy messages. What's the worst possible response you could get to that? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah exactly. Good. And they don't ask you. Okay. Back. It's yeah. Just like, okay. <laughs> We're almost at the end. Okay. Describe yourself in three emojis. Oh, I like that. That's a good one, swipe eh? Swipe right. Yeah, swipe I don't know right. What my emojis would be though. <laughs> and the last one. <laughs> so, so bad. <laughs> oh my. Do you like Harry Potter because I a Dumbledore you? I feel like that would really work if I was into Harry Potter. This, this, <laughs> but, this is terrible. I, I don't watch Harry Potter. But. Fair enough. Well, Lauren, you rock this just as well as you rock the yeah, first I segment. Like Double points to you. <laughs> I think you should be eligible for two. Like, you should get two points. Anytime somebody votes for you for guest of the year, you should get two. Yeah. Just because you were a great sport and you actually did yeah. the second part of this. This is a good little activity. I feel like I should do this to guests on our podcast. Well done. Way to go. Bringing it back to now you, the focus back squarely on how it is that you're able to build this empire that you've got going on. You've got so much that you're doing right now. You're working full-time marketing, social media marketing within HBC, um, working specifically on the Top Shop, Top Man brands. You've got your freelance practice as well. You've got your dating podcast. I mean, there's a lot of things happening. I'm curious to know, the listeners are curious to know how it is that you manage your time, your energy, and your attention. And so I've crafted a couple of questions that are specific to your context. And, and the first one is about how you overcome procrastination. Because I imagine that there are some days where you're just exhausted from yeah. working on one project, but you have to summon the strength to work on project number two or three. How do you how do you overcome the innate desire to do nothing? Yeah, I mean, I definitely procrastinate. And I find I procrastinate more on the things that don't need to be done. Um, for example, like if I have a deadline with a freelance client, like I'm going to be motivated to hit that deadline because there's a date on it. Mm -hmm. Freelance Some client just like, yeah. send this to me whenever, then... It'll get it whenever. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, I don't feel like doing it this week. I'll do it next week, and then I maybe I'll do it in like the next three months. Yeah. Um, but I think what I've really focused on is, especially with the freelance stuff, is I've taken a step back from it a lot more. Like I used to say yes to everything, and then I would go to work, and then I would come home and do work, and half the time I didn't even like the work I was doing when I came home. Um, so I kind of am very particular to only accept things that I get excited to work on because then you don't want to procrastinate. You're excited to work on it. Yeah. Um, and obviously a huge focus of my time right now is our podcast. I know we have to put an episode out every week. It has to happen. Mm -hmm. So, and it helps that there's three of us. So we hold ourselves accountable for it. Um, but for me, like that is my baby right now. And that's where I want to focus a lot of my time. So if that means saying no to freelance projects or other things like that in order to have time to do those things because that's right. what I love working on right now, um, then I'll do that. And it took me a long time to get there. I like that a lot. That's really good advice. And I feel like there might be some listeners who think like that that might be hokey advice because you're talking about your passions and things that you love. But mm -hmm. the theme of this podcast has been about if you want to master anything, you have to like it because if yeah. you don't do yeah. a lot of it, if you don't like it, you're not going to do a lot of it. And if you don't do a lot of it, you're never going to master it. Mm -hmm. hmm. And I think with... Freelance work, obviously I'm getting paid to do that. I'm not getting paid to do my podcast. No. I'm putting a lot of time into it, but I don't make money off of it. But I love it. Yeah. And so I I have a full-time job. I don't need extra income. It's nice to have. But right. I think as I've gotten older and I've kind of like shifted my perspective of what's actually important in my life, it's doing things that I love to do versus having – Absolutely more dollars in the bank. <laughs> and and yeah, you, you, you might define yourself as a marketer, but 
I think you might also see yourself as a creative. Is that true? Yeah, for sure. Like as a writer, you're not always writing for clients. Sometimes you're writing for yourself and mm-hmm. your podcast is very much your art. And so in that way, I think that procrastinating is sometimes beneficial to the craft because getting bored, intentionally creating boredom creates a sort of mental space that you need to go all in on your projects. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I've always been a per- like a creative person. I like, yeah. grew up competitively dancing and no I always way. had like a million different little hobbies that I yeah. do as a kid. And um so having those creative outlets is really important to me, even though I have a creative job at, at work, I'm still working for someone else. Exactly. Um, yeah. It still has to fall under certain guidelines. Whereas a podcast, for example, or a blog or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I it's limitless of what I can do with it, right? So so good. And actually, well, I read a blog right before this podcast, Your Guide to Being Unemployed, <laughs> which I would highly encourage all the listeners to check out. I mean, that's a fantastic resource if you ever find yourself in a situation where the money stops coming in for a while. Way to go. I mean, that 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 quality writing of that caliber, writing of that quality only comes from a place where you're truly into it. Like yeah. you can't you can't phone in that kind of writing. Exactly. And it's very clear to see. In my professional blog, I I kind of like I was really passionate about it when I first started doing it and then I just stopped thinking of ideas of what to write about and I was like I I could just write for the sake of writing or I could just write when I have something to say. Exactly. And no one was paying me to write on my professional blog. I was doing it for like SEO purposes. Yeah. And, and I hit a point where I'm like, I, I don't have anything to say for a while. And then yeah. so when I was laid off, it was like people didn't understand a how I was surviving. Mm-hmm. And most I didn't understand what you do when you get laid off. You documented it so well. So, I was fascinated. It was a great read. Yeah. And so it was, I like obviously there's other people out there that think it's like going to be the end of the world when they get laid off from a job. But. No, it, it really isn't. No, de- definitely, <laughs> listeners, check 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 out check out Lauren's blog and check out that blog in particular. Super super cool. When do you typically go to sleep, Lauren? Um, what time? Like ten thirty. Ten thirty. Eleven. Do you aim for eleven or ten thirty? Or I sometimes I get in bed at like nine thirty. But now that it's being it's lighter out later. Yeah. I am up later. Mm. But in the winter, when it's dark at like five p.m., yeah. I like crawl into bed and I'll be like this is an unacceptable time to go to sleep like yeah, I, have yeah. to, I have to force myself to yeah, sleep. Let's reset the day quickly here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I try to go to like I'm very much a routine person. Talk to me about that last hour before you fall asleep. Like what is the routine of the last hour? What does the last hour before you fall asleep look like for Lauren? I'd like to say it was something really healthy like I meditate or something, <laughs> yeah, but no. I usually I'm like on my computer watching some crappy reality TV show Shit. or <laughs> scrolling through my like Instagram feed. Yeah. Um it's such stark contrast to like Jonathan's episode yesterday where he's like phones off. Yeah. You got to you got to you got to read something, you got to meditate, breathe deeply and no. here you are like I'm so I'm watch bad. keeping up with the Kardashians, man. Yeah, I'm so bad at reading before <laughs> bed. It makes like it makes me tired, but which is what you're supposed to do, but I just also get too tired that I can't focus on what I'm reading. Fair. And then I just read the same page over and over again. And like, I don't know, it's my time to just catch up on everything I've missed in the day. <laughs> does that help you fall asleep though? Or do you find yourself getting stressed and anxious and does that affect the quality of your sleep? No, I think it helps me fall asleep. And I, right before I got laid off, um, I had insomnia for like a month. Oh wow. And so I really tried like every healthy habit in the book of yeah. like how to make yourself fall asleep, like meditate. Yeah, it was no like liquids. Weird things like soak carbs. your feet in hot water and <laughs> yeah, wear socks and a weighted blanket. <laughs> yeah. I tried everything. And um, couldn't stop this. Like, yeah. And it was just my brain was going 90 miles an hour. And then I was stressed out because I wasn't sleeping. And then I had to go to work the next day. And mm. like, I can't work when I 
haven't slept. Like it's yeah. just my brain doesn't function. I have no. to like triple check what I'm doing <laughs> to make sure I'm not going to do something horrible. <laughs> I've had to accept that now. I'm turning 32 this year. My goodness. And uh, if I don't get seven hours of sleep minimum, mm-hmm. it's a disaster. Yeah. I, might, I might as well not go to work. Yeah. might as well not do anything at that exactly. point. Like, I've just had to learn how to respect that. I'm, I'm glad that that sleep and the importance of sleep is coming back into the conversation. I feel like for the longest time with productivity conversations, it was always about like, hey, sleep when you die. You know, yeah, ta- yeah. take what was the uh, the one that I hated the most, man? It was like uh, not power naps. There was a specific word for it. I think it was just power naps, but there was a polyphasic sleep. That was it. Polyphasic sleep in four four point five hour intervals. That's all you need a night. Four point five hours. No. You wake up, you crush it, and do another four point five. And I don't think we talk about that anymore. Uh, no, no. It's and ridiculous. It's, I think it goes to the whole work life balance thing too. Is I still have friends that have jobs where they're working their asses off. They're getting paid next to nothing. They're so stressed. They're they are until midnight every single day and back in at seven a.m. Oh goodness. And I always say to them, I'm like, you know, you. There's jobs out there that you won't have to do this, right? And they're like, well, like, this is this is how you work your way up. And I was like, well, like, I've done fine in my career and I've left at five every single day. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Yeah. There's always those going to be those odd nights. But, like, I, like, you don't have to work yourself to death. No, you don't. I'm, I'm starting to now accept that being busy and feeling like you don't have enough hours in the day is a reflection of disorganization. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you're not prioritizing the things in your life that are going to give you the energy to be as focused at your job when you do perform at your job, then you've structured your day, you've structured your week incorrectly. Like you're working on some of the wrong things. Well, let's talk, let's talk about what some of those, the right things are, right? So when it comes to your life, you're always doing high energy output tasks, like whether that's taking meetings or being in interviews or even this podcast, we had to summon our A game and show up (laughs) and be like, we're going to be here. We're going to be present. How do you mentally prepare for these high energy moments in your, in your day to day? Um, I mean, I think like, I don't feel like I have like a specific thing that I do to mentally prepare. I think a lot, a lot of it is like being excited about the things I'm doing. And yeah, it's hard to get excited about like a meeting that you're just, you don't even know why you're going to. Um, but if you're working for a company that you care about and you like the people you work with and the work that you're doing, then you're more excited about it than if you hate your job every day. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think also obviously I'm so busy all the time, but I still make time for my friends, my family going to yoga every week, multiple times a week. And like saying no to things that I just can't make work or that, that they're going to stress me out additionally on top of everything else I have going. So it looks like you've created like a good baseline for yourself that allows you to step in and be like, be, be in in a high energy output mode Yeah. without, you know, feeling like that's the constant. Yeah. Like I I go to bed early. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not going to stay up until midnight doing all this freelance work because I feel like I have to do it. Um, because I know it's going to screw me up in every other aspect of my life. Right. Very good. Are you a coffee drinker at all? I am not. Interesting. So uh, I was watching Colbert and Tracy Ellis Ross was on the other night and Mm -hmm. she went off on coffee. She's just like, I don't get it. Coffee's bad for me. Coffee made me feel like my head was going to explode. And then I started noticing after this because it was the first time I've seen somebody so openly decry Mm -hmm. coffee. And then a few of my friends are doing it now. They're getting off coffee. They're weeding off caffeine altogether. I've started the process. It's been really weird. I've been very moody, unfortunately. I've had a lot of mood swings. But I feel like I'm getting my energy back. I feel like I'm now depending on natural sources of energy. What's Lauren Marinick's relationship with caffeine and sugar specifically? Um, I've never been a coffee person ever. Good for you. (laughs) Um, Weirdly, like all of my friends really aren't coffee people 
either. I don't know if like tea people just attract one another. Wow, is it going out of vogue? What's <laughs> going reason? on? Yeah, I don't know. But um, I love tea. Like I'll drink mm-hmm. tea every morning. But if I drink a coffee, it would, I would literally feel like I'm drunk. Yeah. Like I, I have the jittery and yeah, things, yeah, yeah. So I like don't really like the headspace that it puts me in. Um, but and so people don't people don't understand how I function without it. But I never functioned with it <laughs> so go. and i i'm always just like i'm just naturally caffeinated <laughs> like I what don't would happen would you get more energy from it do you think because i know some people who can drink coffee and fall asleep right after so it doesn't have a universal impact on people. i don't really feel like it gives me more energy it just makes me feel like i'm i'm drunk weird and like i yeah i there's teas that have more caffeine in them than like some teas more than coffee does, but right. I don't find it affects me at all. Like I can drink a highly caffeinated tea before bed and I'll fall asleep still. But Interesting. So your team, your team, no coffee. What yeah. about sugar? Are you on team sugar? Team no sugar? I, I mean, mean processed sugar. Ref- I don't sugar. avoid sugar, but yeah. I like don't eat it all the time. It's hard to avoid. I mean, it's, it's in, in everything. everything. Literally that's everything. I, mean. like, I had I a like, salad today and it was in the salad. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. thing. I don't try to avoid it, but I don't sit there and eat candy all day or anything no. crazy but i used to have a really bad sweet tooth before mm-hmm. then what i found is when i weaned myself off of sugar like at least sugar that was coming from artificial sources um i felt that i lost the crashes that were happening the yeah. 2 p.m crashes the 6 p.m crashes they don't exist anymore it's just like one big crescendo throughout the day yeah um, and now i crash right before i fall asleep but from time to time i don't mind doing a line of oreos yeah <sighs> i mean i'm more like so a good. salty than sweet person yes a bag of chips i could kill oh so good but um yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't avoid sugar, but I don't. You know, sit with pixie sticks at my desk. Yeah. <laughs> and I was joking with Bailey the other the other day about how obnoxious some of the candies we had when we were kids were. Do you remember Fun Dip? Yeah. Okay. They Fun still Dip. Sell those. That should be illegal. They should take Fun Dip off the shelf. Fun, you might as well do cocaine at that point. Like you're just <laughs> dipping this sugary stick into, into powder sugar. into sugar. Yeah. And do you remember Ring Pops? Just like yeah. sh- crystallized sugar. And then there was I, oh, I can't remember what it was called. The little bottles that had goo in them. Just like liquid sugar, right? Yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah, How about the like, Popeye sticks? Yeah, I mean, all these candies, they were so good. They still have them all. I just wouldn't think to buy them. But I feel like there's going to be some class action lawsuit that's going to happen. Yeah, In I, our future, we're all going to have cancer from fruit roll-ups or gushers or some yeah. shit and band together. I went to a 90s party a few months ago, and they had fruit roll-ups. And I was like, this is fantastic. Yo. <laughs> But. So good. You're crushing it over here. We're in our last section of the performance point section. We're going to talk about attention okay. specifically. Uh, I'm very curious to know how it is that you context switch effectively. Because in your day to day, you're probably going from high intensity, high intensity, you know, tedious tasks, organization, scheduling, all that, and then you switch to something creative, like creative writing, for instance. And then you go into meetings. I mean, your days look very varied. How do you manage to effectively switch those multiple contexts? So if you ask like. Any person I've ever worked with or lived with or friends, they would all say I'm just like the most OCD organized human ever. <laughs> and multiple people have asked me to teach them to be as organized. Show me your ways. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and like I even had a boss once ask me if I could like host a lunch and learn on it. And I was like anxious about it. Because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how to teach someone this. Like it's just it's something like my mom was always like super OCD organized and I – like grew up competitively dancing where I had to like manage my own time at the dance studio. And I just like, I, it just made me that way. And now I can juggle 5 billion things at once and be like, okay, I got to like, you know, post on top shop. And then I got to go record a podcast and do this and do this and do, be doing 85 different things at the same time. 
Um, but it just comes natural to me. Whereas right. a lot of other people compartmentalize like everything in their lives. Yeah. Can't switch like that. Um, but I don't know how I do it. Like I wouldn't be able to explain it. Well, I ask because it's very jarring for me. For instance, like I have no idea what I have to do after this. Like once the podcast is finished, then I'm going to look at my calendar and decide what yeah. to do next. But I feel like the, what you're saying is that you know what you're working on in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're mono focusing on that. But at the back of your mind, you know what's coming next. Yeah. Oh yeah. And to-do lists. That seems like, very stressful. Grace. I have like to-do lists <clears throat> everywhere. What do you use? Do you use any, any apps or like, are you old school? I'm old school. Like, Same. I have an agenda. Yeah. I same. also have like I use notes in my phone. Yep. Um, and then I use like my calendar in my phone. I literally have the same to do list in multiple places. Interesting. Um, but I don't know, it just works for me and I'll write like everything on my to do list. Even things that I like know I'm not gonna forget to do. Yeah. Um because then I feel like once I've written it down I could I'll actually like remember it and I can process what I my time and yeah you know divide my time of where I need to be and what I need to do but totally how many tasks do you typically try to get done a day the numbers have varied throughout all the guests like some people have said five my number is five I can't do more than five things a day but like high I mean, level that, tasks there's a lot of yeah, subtasks I was, gonna say, I was gonna say I was like I have a lot of subtasks that aren't like huge things like what like how many major priorities do you try to get done a day in a day like say like the max would probably be five and then below that like you said would be yeah a bunch of different like for example like publishing a blog post would be like a mega task but within that you have editing sourcing Mm -hmm. the images optimizing the you know yeah yeah search and all that yeah exactly interesting last question i have for you over here is about uh how you know when it's time to step away from a project how do you know when you've looked at something for too long and now there's diminishing returns for how much work is happening on that yeah. I mean, I recently did that with a, a freelance client that I've been working for for a while. And I think it's looking at, I mean, your time for starters. Like I, my time is very limited. And I mean, I only allow myself so much time where I'm doing work and projects. Like I still want to have a life. Right. <laughs> so um, like I looking at your time and figuring out what you actually have time for and where you want that time to be focused. So like this freelance client, for example, it was a really cool project and I liked doing it, but it wasn't paying me very well. I was really just doing it because it was fun. And, you know, I could be focusing my time on doing these like odds and ends for this person's social media and getting however much a week, which was like not what I would normally charge. Or I could eliminate that completely and have that time to focus on my podcast exactly which i like doing more of anyways and yeah i'm missing out on pennies every week but um it just wasn't worth it right and and it it, in that also looking at the relationship and even though i really respected the person it was they also i don't feel like respected my expertise and it's was one of the i mean everyone's had this opportunity these moments in their career where um there's going to be people that just don't think you know what you're talking about, exactly, even yeah. though you are the expert, yeah. the expert in it, and they don't work in social media marketing or content marketing or whatever it is. Um, and so it was just like one of those points where you just felt like, yeah, I'm not being heard. If you're not going to take my advice on this, then yeah, it just wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone else will do it for you. <laughs> but I like that. I like that as a, as a general rule for looking at something that you need to step away from. Like, mm-hmm. how much joy is it bringing your life? Yeah. And if yeah. it's not bringing joy to your life, then ask yourself a tough question of like, is the thing that's being produced as a result of doing this task going to give me joy? And how much am I willing to endure 
the difficulty of that task. I've always thought that's what a salary is. Like a salary is financial compensation for the stress that you incur for mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and I think also looking at what you're going to get out of it yeah. other than just the financial reward or the joy out of it is if it's a freelance project, for example, can I put this on my resume and people are going to be impressed by it or right. am I doing work that like I would have done as an intern? Right. You know, so I think also looking at that especially when I'm trying to prioritize all the moving parts in my life, that stuff kind of is going to be the first to go out the door. Lauren, this is invaluable advice. You've just, you've given us gems over here and we're going to close this out with uh, a rapid fire round where we ask you 21 questions. Wow. And you got to answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. We do this on our podcast and we're so bad at it because we end up talking for like <laughs> 25 minutes about each question. Then we're like, oh yeah, this was rapid fire. Bach and I looked at each other because yesterday we had, uh, oh, I think it was yesterday, right? Jonathan Andrews came on. Shout out to Jonathan. He, he was an absolute gentleman about it, but he said, I don't do rapid fire. That's my general approach to life. Yeah. Like I'm patient with everything. And that rapid fire went on for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, like, I need to meet him. He seems to be like he's a character, the, the for complete sure. opposite of like my life. He brought just, like, some so homemade calm, wine, like, like yeah, uh, yeah. He's an interesting guy, but I, I think you're gonna rock this. Yeah, you, you're one of my favorite contenders for guest of the year, no okay. doubt. Okay, ready to go, no Lauren? Pressure. Yeah. <clears throat> so, 21 questions, rapid fire round with Lauren Marining. Question number one: What's your go-to Bumble or Tinder opener? Hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get no creativity from uh, they. Bumble actually has um, prompts, but oh. they're so bad. So what are I, some of them? I've never, I've never like, been just, like Bumble. cheesy lines, and I'm like, I would never say this to anyone <laughs> in real life. So like, why would I say this? In a just hit them with a really practical. Hey, yeah. how are you? Hey, how are you? You know what? It's, it's pragmatic. It gets the job done. Probably why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> you could borrow from some of the ones that we've curated yeah. from Vice yeah. and Narcity over here. Jeez, the Dumbledore one. <laughs> uh, what's the last book you read? Um, educated by I do not know who wrote it. What's it about? It is about a girl who grew up in I don't want to say an Amish family because that is 100% not what it is, <laughs> but in that kind of lifestyle where you don't have electricity and you live like off the land sure, and you okay. don't have proper education Rural, or you're rustic, not vaccinated yeah. and like oh. all those things. And she sounds Amish, <laughs> yeah, yeah, similar. sounds like a prepper almost, yeah, and uh, she goes on to educate herself basically and ends up getting into like taught like I don't like similar to Harvard I can't remember what exact school she gets herself into but she had never had any formal education like she was 100% taught herself that's a really cool premise actually yeah and it's a true story well that's even better yeah yeah inspired uh, the incredible Kimmy Schmidt unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt yeah yeah (laughs) Um, you're doing great what's a podcast you regularly listen to other than your own (laughs) somebody date us um do you even listen to your own podcast? I, yeah, totally do. Every episode. I'm right? like, I feel like this one listen is valuable <laughs> <laughs> for our numbers somehow. That's how y'all got to the top 20. Yeah, right? yeah. Which is us. <laughs> listening on different devices. Um, I, I mean, I listen to a lot of ones that are dating related because I feel like, like scoping out the competition. I mean, Call Her Daddy is totally not what we do at all, but mm. they're constantly at the top of the charts so i always feel like i have to listen to what they're doing um as well as like there's girls gotta eat 
And there's a few other ones I can't, but I I listen to one-off episodes all the time of podcasts, and then I never go back. And Fair enough. To the rest, but. Yeah, I think uh, somebody was telling me today that they're weaning off of podcasts and going more into audiobooks just because they want something a little more structured. Hmm. The episodic nature of it is just turning them off, and I wonder if we're seeing the beginning of like a, a different type of appetite for podcasts yeah. where people aren't necessarily loyal to the podcast itself, but to specific episodes that are just yeah. time learning. And that's what I'll do. I'll pick topics that I'm interested yeah. in, or I'm like, oh, this sounds different yeah and i look at i mean i'm looking at it from our perspective too it's like how could we talk about this topic or, there we go yeah what's your go-to album or artist for heartbreak oh wow i mean i don't really listen to like particular albums like one one album sure I'll listen to like a spotify playlist oh interesting and there's some like good heartbreak Melancholic. and just like mellow like I've been hang- listening to one lately that's like I'm not like I'm going through a heartbreak, but like it's called "Hanging Out and Relaxing." It's just like indie acousticy songs, Somber, and there is yeah. some songs on there that I'm like, "This be a good song to cry to." Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like on my morning commute. That's all, like, well, are you okay, man? Is everything yeah. right? It's just cold. It's just cold. Yeah. <laughs> What's a game changing book that everyone should read? Oh, this is hard for me because I I read like crazy criminal thriller books that I don't feel like have necessarily game changed anything (laughs) in my life, but I just can't put down, but I'm also not a huge reader. So I need to read books like that. Um, or I just won't read them. Like I have like three self-help books that I'm like halfway through. Halfway through. Yeah. I'm just bored of them. So, um, but I am reading one that is called, I want to say it's like in my backpack, but I want to say it's called come as you are. And it's about women's sexuality. I'm not very Great title. far into wow. it, yeah. but apparently it's like you have to read it both male and female, mm-hmm. and so I'm only like halfway through it. And there's some interesting like facts in there. Like you're like, I never knew this about my body. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Come as you are. Do you know who the uh, author is? No, I'm terrible. We'll find out. We'll put names. it. We'll yeah. put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite uh, musical artist, dead or alive? Oh, I feel like this is a weird one because of a recent like docu-series that came out but michael jackson ah uh, yes the finding neverland yeah i haven't watched it yet i would like to watch it but i've always just been a fan of michael jackson it's a terrible story i i sat down with my parents and we put on this documentary it was very awkward very quick <laughs> i mean they go into graphic detail about some of the things that happen and uh yeah, i don't know if i want to watch like I no, we didn't talk to each other for like 24 hours after yeah. that we looked at each other like, like oh scarred. we yeah we were all scarred it was it was a traumatic documentary to watch yeah i mean it's coming I, under a lot of fire though yeah, I don't know if I want to watch it because I, I just I grew up like dancing. I grew up dancing to Michael Jackson songs. Yeah. Like, I just you can't listen to a Michael Jackson song and not dance. No, like it's just like perfected the form in many ways. Yeah, so I feel like that's my answer. Just it's so strange. Like I'm listening to a lot of podcasts right now that are exploring and trying to tease apart what that like this whole story right now. Mm-hmm. And some of the consensus that I'm seeing forming are about these two people being very disingenuous. The um, Wade Robson is his name mm-hmm. and the other dancer about how they're very opportunistic and how they're coming out at a very specific time in their careers. I'm I'm the least educated on this. All I've do is, done is listen to secondhand podcasts. Yeah. I haven't seen any firsthand evidence, but God, I mean, some of these accusations are harrowing, the things that happened. I think for me, it comes down to this. Like as as a parent... If some celebrity walked in here, let's say Brad Pitt walked in, he's like, hey, I want to hang out with your son. You know, let, let your son stay over at my place for, you know, two months. Yeah. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Not even for 24 hours, not even for an hour without my supervision. Yeah, what are no, you talking weird. about here? Yeah. 
But I mean, it might be a totally different dynamic to be starstruck by again Michael Jackson, yeah. biggest artist on the planet that ever yeah, walked the I earth. Mean, you trust them, and I, I mean, I could see why how it happens, right? But yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch it. Might ruin, might change my answer, I guess. But interesting, very interesting. Okay, last movie you watched, Lauren? Oh boy, um, <laughs> I went through like a really dark hole of documentaries the other weekend. Mm. Which is, I, I usually go through these like phases every once in a while where I just watch documentary after documentary. And I watched this one. It's called like Pick of the Litter or something on Netflix about guide dogs. And I was sobbing within the first three minutes. And it wasn't because it was sad. It's not like you see the guide dogs like really helping blind people or people with disabilities. It's more about the dogs being born and the process of them going through the training and the ones that make it and the ones that don't and oh, stuff. No. And I like they were just so cute and so smart. And I was like, they're not like sitting on my couch. <laughs> like I just I need them all. Like uh. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing, but yes, that was the last movie. Very interesting. Well, what's your favorite childhood TV show? Um, I'd say anything that played on one Saturday morning. Hmm. All those like recess. Oh yeah, Hey Arnold. Or like I don't think this was one. Sa- I feel like the I feel like they did a TGIF too, which was on Fridays, and they did like Sabrina, the yeah, oh, and Boy Meets World. Oh, so good. Yeah. Classics. <laughs> what does a person need to be happy? Oh. That's hard. Like one thing? Yeah, anything. I think fulfillment in whatever you're doing, whether it's your job, your family, your friends, mm-hmm. your relationship. Feeling content, feeling like this is yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's that's a good answer. Um, we're almost halfway there. What was the best thing about being unemployed for a while? Um, well, fun employed. I was, I was fun employed for like the whole summer. And so I spent a lot of time outside at the beach, at the park, and just doing my own thing when all my friends were at work in the office. See, that so. sounds amazing to me. I would love to just it was great. disconnect from the nine to five and just observe what other people do during this time. Yeah. And it, it sucked in the winter portion of it. Yeah. But when summer hit, it was fantastic. I'm like, I could get used to this. Oh, and there's no crowds anywhere. You can walk into a grocery yeah. store. It's empty. There's I had so much time to do anything I anything wanted. Anything you wanted to. Way to go. What's an app you can't live without? Bumble. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, an app I can't live without. I, I guess Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's it's like a huge part of my job. And it's I feel like it's the mega app right now. I feel like that's how people message each other. Like I get yeah. more Instagram DMs than I do get texts. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe the answer would be different if like my job like the accounts I manage are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's our main account. So that, there you go. Ghosting or breadcrumbing, which one do you hate more? I I think breadcrumbing is probably worse because ghosting at least it's like you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> breadcrumbing, you're like what's happening and you're in this like limbo. Yeah. Which, like, They're just teasing you along, right? Yeah. yeah. It just no feels one, very manipulative. No one wants to be in that. What is your uh, Olympic walkout song? Oh, I probably, <laughs> this is really random, but I would choose like a song that would make everyone dance. And I feel like the one song that you, no one can sit still for it. It's like a classic wedding song is the song Shout. Shout. Yeah. Shout. Like you, Let if you played that song in your worst <laughs> mood, like you, you can't help but like at least tap your foot to it. Like, oh yeah. 
It's like such an old classic song. Do, and band. doesn't matter what genre you listen to or love, that that one's that one universal appeal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be a country fan, you love it. You could love hip hop, yeah, you love it. That's it. Like I would want a song that everyone would dance to. So fantastic choice. <laughs> if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Who? Um, Beyonce. <laughs> Great choice. What's the most interesting thing you have in your bag right now? I literally have nothing in my bag. Like you've I got know, a, you've got a sweet book in there. Oh yeah, a book. The, yeah. the book, and um, I I don't think I have anything else in there. It's literally an empty backpack because I have to go pick something up on my way home and bring it home. Gotcha. <laughs> There's nothing in it. It's serving its purpose. Yeah, it's a, nothing it's, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever ghosted someone, Lauren? Um, yes. Tisk tisk. But never if we've like gone on multiple dates. It's always been it's, very preliminary. It's, right? Yeah, and it's usually been like a mutual ghost. Like we both just stopped talking. That would be a pretty cool app if you could like indicate to the other person that you want to ghost them and then they also indicate it and then you both get a message only if both of you have swiped. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, next app idea. Million dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is a mentor that changed your life? Um, I mean, I would say I don't have like a specific mentor that's like helped me through my career or anything, but um i would say i go to my dad a lot for advice he's an entrepreneur and i mm -hmm. feel like he's always just knows everything about anything even if he makes it up i don't know i just believe anything that comes out of his mouth there you go <laughs> so, shout out to mr Marinette. Yeah. <laughs> last four questions over here the final four how do you personally define success um i think in if you would have asked me that question in my early days in my career it would be like making a six-figure salary at some big name company and now I don't really care about that. It's more that I like what I'm doing and like who I'm working for um, and like getting up every single day. I love it. What's your biggest pet peeve as a freelancer or what has been your biggest pet peeve? Um, people that have unrealistic expectations. Like I want to build this account and have 10,000 followers in a week. Yeah. And I'm only going to pay you yeah. a thousand bucks. Yeah. And it's a super niche thing that yeah. you shouldn't even be on Instagram anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is an interesting one. Why should someone date Lauren Marinig? Oh, I mean, why shouldn't you? <laughs> Leave it at that. Great answer. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Boom. And the last question for this rapid fire round, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? And I ask because you've given us, the listeners, so much great advice throughout this podcast. But what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? I don't know who's ever told me this. I feel like a lot of people have told me this probably, but um, that you attract your life, career, relationships, what you put out there. And so if you are a super negative person about whatever aspect of your life, like it's not going to get any better for you. And I, I like even with dating, for example, if I'm going out there and every single date I go on, I'm like, this is going to be a horrible date. Yeah. And... I'm going to be sing I mean, I did say I'm going to die alone before I started recording, but it, like I was joking about it. But if I was like, I fully believed that I was meant to be single for the rest of my life, then I don't think I would ever find someone. Like, I think you have to put out that positive energy and believe in yourself and believe in the universe. <laughs> like I, the, everyone has a plan. Um, and I think that goes with like your career. I think it goes with every aspect of your life. That if you're always negative, that's all you're going to get back and that's all you're going to find. 
That was perfect right there, Lauren. And I think that that philosophy over there, you can clearly see how it reverberates through every aspect of your personal and your professional life as well. There's a real joy. There's an honest, infectious enthusiasm with which you tackle things. And it's really clear to see that that has caused you to be successful in multiple dimensions in your life. Um, wow. Thank you so much for this. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. We did this. We, we made it through fall, like a solid yeah. hour with this. This is, we had this is great. games. We took advice from Beyonce. Yeah. What else do you need? Crossed a lot of ground over here. (laughs) Where can people keep up with your adventures online? Let's plug all of it right now. Oh, boy. Well, you know, being a social media person, I like to have just a million different accounts. (laughs) So if you're interested in my professional life, at Marinick PR on Twitter. And it's M-A-R-I-G-I-N-I-H. No. Oh, my God. That was terrible. (laughs) And I won the spelling. Don't. (laughs) That was awful, guys. M-A-R-I-N-I-G-H. There we go. Marinick. Um, but podcast, somebody date us on all the platforms. Travel blog, twirl the globe on all the platforms. And now, and then something for everyone out there. Your blog as well. Uh, that is my full name. Yep, LaurenMarinick.com. Yeah. Amazing. Lauren, thank you so much. Thank you. And you are going to be a strong, strong, strong contender for guest of the year. I cannot <laughs> wait to see this go. Uh, thank you so much for this. It's an absolute honor. Thank you. Folks, we're out. <laughs>